If you want to be somebody that attracts online only, that's okay. It just takes a little bit longer. So the conversion rates, as I'm sure you're an expert in that, are so much higher when you're in front of somebody and they can see you that you have a real body. Not that no one has real bodies, but you're there and you can create the rapport and they can hang out in the back after and ask you a question if that's how you run your talks. But it's it takes a little bit longer. You need a lot more people going to the top of a funnel for online. So I would say do them both simultaneously. This is Getting to Yes, the podcast with leaders from all walks of life exploring their successes, mistakes, and lessons learned in influence, persuasion, and getting others to say yes, and then taking an insight or two to help you achieve even greater things. In today's episode with Scott Radigan, co-founder of Origins Incubator and Functional Lawyer, we're unpacking what it takes to launch and grow a successful private practice in the integrative and functional medicine space. Along with his wife, Linda, a board-certified family medicine DO, they grew a successful private practice at Origins Functional Medicine, learning firsthand what goes into running a successful practice. And that experience in turn led to the creation of Origins Incubator, a mentorship program for health practitioners looking to strike out on their own. So whether you're looking to start a practice from scratch or you're already in business for a while, today's episode carries a lot of nuggets. Scott, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. Yes, you and I have known each other for a long time since the early days of the evolution of medicine. And I've seen your journey, how you and Linda developed not only your practice, but getting your law degree, starting functional lawyers. So we're serving a very similar audience of clients. But I'd love for you to take us through your journey and experience in launching a successful private practice and how that ultimately inspired you to offer your mentorship program. Yeah, if you give me a minute, it's a, it'll all wrap up in the end. So it's interrelated. So, um, I was working at a big law firm in Orlando and burning the midnight oil and rising with the roosters as well. But at that point, Linda had gone out to IFM's first course, AFMCP, and was hooked, right? Like most people are once they learn about functional medicine. So she started her practice about a year later. And what that meant was we sat there at the kitchen table after our two-year-old and six-month-old went to bed. <laughs> so starting a practice with two young kids is fun. And back then there was not a lot to go from. So from picking a name to what are the legal documents we need? And I wasn't a healthcare attorney at that time. I was a litigator. So we went upstairs, two floors up to the healthcare partner who, great, has been practicing for 20 years. So really good person, top 100 law firm, but it wasn't equipped to help us. And so we ended up paying a couple thousand dollars, which was a lot at the time, for ultimately not a lot of help. And it's not his fault, great attorney, but more larger clients, insurance systems, hospital administration, that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. So fast forward a couple years later, and I'm burnt out at the law firm and looking to get into an entrepreneurship law firm that helps smaller businesses because our clients were Chase Bank and other large corporations. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I wasn't contacting the clients at all. So during that search, I found that Evolution of Medicine was hiring. And then we met there fortuitously joined as a practitioner support specialist. And it was great because I got to talk to hundreds of practitioners around the country and probably yeah, remember thousands that. every day. That was my job. And what I learned was that our experience at the law firm was not unique. It was very similar 
to what a lot of people were experiencing. Either they couldn't find an attorney that had heard of functional medicine, or if they did, they don't have the funds to pay traditional law firm prices, which mm-hmm. can go into the, well, these days, probably $25,000, $30,000 to do it right. So what they were doing was just going on the internet and finding stuff on Google or asking their friends in Facebook groups. And people would find out I'm an attorney. They'd say, hey, can you help me? And I'd say, well, no, not really. I'm not ready for that yet. But that ultimately led to the creation of Functional Lawyer because I wanted to help these people. Nobody else was out there doing it. And so I had to become the person. So we started out with just templates. It evolved into what it is now, which is education templates. And we do live office hours every week. But during those live office hours, I would share stories about Linda and her practice. So Origins had since then converted to a membership style practice. And once we made that switch, she was full in like nine months. So it was pretty quick to be able to build it up that quickly. Uh, and so once I shared that with some of the people in my functional lawyer office hours and shared the fact that what she's taking home and the hours she was working were pretty attractive for most people. They were like, well, how does your wife do it? Or how did your wife handle this? And how does your wife do this? <laughs> right. By that point, I was less in the day to day, but a couple of them tracked me down to be their business coach as well. And half the time I would go to Linda right before and then right after for the advice. And she was like, why don't we just invite them here for the weekend and do an intensive? That'll be much better than an hour a week. The very first incubator kind of prototype was a weekend intensive crash course with lots of follow-up care. But then COVID happened. We did that successfully for a few years. And then COVID happened. We pushed it online and we were like, man, this is amazing. Everyone's going to love it. And so we pushed it online and it was still amazing. At that point, it was just the practice management part. The legal wasn't included. And we'll get to that in a few seconds. But people loved it and they were like, yeah, this is great. But then they fell off after... Uh, a few weeks or a few months of lessons and that the motivation waned yeah, and people fell off. And so we, we surveyed them, our current clients, and we actually found a new mentor, Alex Hormozzi, who doesn't know we exist, but in his book, a uh, hundred million dollar offers, it helped us identify the problems they were having, create solutions to those problems, and then package that into what is now incubator 2.0. So now it includes all the functional lawyers, materials, and office hours. It now includes, we have a third partner, Dr. Cheryl Burdett, a naturopath. She lectures at AFM or A4M and IFM and anywhere else that has an M in it. And <laughs> she's one of the, she has a functional medicine residency program in the Southeast. So she's on board. There's lots of clinical as well. And the thing that I think made it the most valuable was we changed it to a cohort style. People weren't on an island still DIY, like, all right, if you lack motivation, you just don't ever log in again. We moved it into a cohort style where each week there's clinical office hours, there is practice creation, or what we call practice management, we call it practice creation, office hours, and then there's legal office hours too. We started that cohort in September of 2022 with the goal to have them launched by Christmas or the new year to take advantage of the new year's push. And that's been amazing. Our people in there now are raving about how different it is and how much they love the community aspect of the cohort. And it's really been fun to watch them build their own practices now and actually really achieve success because we do a lot to 
yeah. really bend over backwards to make sure they're successful because as the best marketing you could ever do is have somebody be successful and refer their friends to you. So yeah, I was smiling here because this is really so exciting. I've obviously seen it firsthand, visited with you and Linda in Florida. And just imagining that some, there's somebody that can take you by the hand that has been in the trenches, that's running a practice right now. So it's not theory of like, oh, yeah, I used to run a practice in 2014. And let me teach you that you have that boots on the ground implementation lifeline type of support is so critical. And it's definitely something I resonate with at Big Boost as well. Again, you mentioned the book from Alex Samosi, The $100 Million Offer. I recommend it to every single one of our clients because what it will teach you is what is it that you need to create as an irresistible offer. It's not about what you want to sell. It's what people want to buy. What do people want to give you money for? So you make that insanely, incredibly irresistible. You have no problem filling your practice, whether it's Linda's practice or your origin incubator. That's what powers all of this. And that's what makes it really fun. There's so much to unpack. I want to go back a little bit and maybe zero in a little bit on what are the core values that you believe are essential for establishing a strong foundation for a private practice in your field. You've mentioned in the early years, you struggled to figure out answers. You had to figure it all for yourself. Going back maybe six, seven years, what would advice would you have given yourself? It's like, this is how you should be going about launching a practice And I would also like to go into your membership model in the next question. So why don't we start there? Sure. Yeah. So I just, one of our core values at Incubator is it's not a quick fix. It's not a magic pill. It'll still take work, but leveraging your time to make it the most bang for your buck, both now and later, is probably the best advice I could give to anybody. We didn't really have an email list until three or four years into it. So if I was to give myself advice, I'd say start an email list with some lead magnets. But as we still teach today, everybody's online, right? And so when that space is flooded, and this is how we built up Linda's practice, we still teach like going out in the community, creating relationships with allied health professionals that are non-competitive with you. That is, they don't offer the similar services. So acupuncture or medical massage or, or people like that. And then offering to do what is now done consistently online, but offering to give a talk at their location. So you promise them, hey, we'll advertise it. We'll get people to your location, your store, whatever it is, your gym. And then would you mind hosting it? Would your clientele enjoy that talk on gut health or hormones or whatever it is that you want to build. And so those relationships are both great for quick rapport with potential customers or patients and long-term referral partners. So it's both short and long-term. As long as you nurture those relationships, that's what we still teach. And we give everybody the step-by-step -step and some scripts and we do role-playing and all that. But I would still recommend that today. But I think going back several years, I think maybe starting the online part earlier, but it certainly is up to you what you want to do. If you want to be somebody that attracts online only, and that's okay, it just takes a little bit longer. So the conversion rates, as I'm sure you're an expert in that, are so much higher when you're in front of somebody and they could see you that you have a real body. Not that no one has real bodies, but you're there and you can create the rapport and they can hang out in the back after and ask you a question if that's how you run your talks. But it's it takes a little bit longer. You need a lot more people going into the top of a funnel for online. So I would say do them both simultaneously 
if I was to give go back and give retroactive advice. Yeah, I love that advice. And obviously, just to bottom line this, before the internet was really a thing, people had private practices. It was all local referral marketing, being in the community, doing these talks, dinner with a dog, lunch and learn, etc. And then people realized, oh, there's this internet thing. And then COVID happened and everything went almost exclusively online and people realized, oh, I can go in the entire state of Florida. I don't just have to be in a 10, 20 mile radius. And that causes a ripple effect that if everyone can now be in the entire state, then your messaging has to be so much more precise. You can't just be a general functional medicine gut doc because there's hundreds of people competing with me. You so how do you stand out? Whether through your messaging, through your stories, etc. And we can talk about that as well. But the thing to appreciate here is that doing both at the same time and applying what you know works in the offline world. So when we're going online, it's not enough to have a lead magnet and capture the email and deliver some automated emails. The thing is, how do we have conversational support? How do you start a conversation using text message marketing? How do you build that report quickly? It's maybe not as powerful as face-to-face, but it sure beats old school email marketing where it's an anonymous face, it's a robotic email, you can really dig into this and build relationship. And so we did a workshop recently on how to use SMS marketing in the integrative and functional medicine space. We'll put the link in the show notes. But going back to what you were saying, Scott, you've mentored so many practitioners. What are some of the core obstacles that you keep seeing time and time and again? What are the foundational misconceptions that trip practitioners up and maybe we can lead into the membership model that helped Linda really fill her practice in, as you said, nine months. Yeah. Misconception is a great word for it because what we find is that most of the things that keep people from growing or progressing is mental. So it's not just the, we have the playbook. If you do the steps, you'll be successful, but people get inside their heads. I'm not saying that everybody, we have a hundred percent success rate if they do the steps because the people have these misconceptions like, oh, it's just me. How can I run a membership practice with just me when you're just starting out? Like you don't have a team of providers. You don't have a front desk person. And so we teach how to create that membership where it's the value using Alex Ramosi's guidance on creating solutions to people's problems making it easy for them, reducing the time for them to get to that outcome. Now, medicine may take a long time, but you can have quick wins along the way. And then people will find you and pay you for that. And you will change a lot of lives at the same time. So I think a lot of the things that hold people back are mental. Can't do it. It's just me. Or sometimes I hate tech. Or I don't know how to do this. Or I hate asking people for money. That's a big one. I don't know how to price my services for a membership. Are people even going to pay that? I live in a pretty poor area, right? So those are the things that we overcome all the time. And we have pricing lessons and interactive guides for that, as well as we conquer that on office hours. And Linda's a certified life coach in addition to being a DO. So she's great at that. I'm on my way to certification too, because the more, you know, and I'm an entrepreneur, I'm susceptible to it as well. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of mental blocks and barriers. And so I have to coach myself from time to time. But yeah, I think those are the biggest ones. Asking people for money, they feel bad. And so part of it is a building block. If you skip straight to the, here's the price I have, and we'll talk about what's in the membership in a second. But yeah, of course, you're not going to feel confident asking for people for money. But if you go through the steps to outline their problems, craft solutions to it, and make a compelling offer that 
Alex says, people feel stupid saying no to it. Then you're going to stand behind the value because you've built it, you know the value it is, and then you've priced it fairly. And we're not saying charge people 25 grand a year and you've priced it fairly. Uh, that allows you to have a balanced lifestyle and that allows them to actually achieve healing and not just get a 90-day win for eliminating gluten for a couple of months and then going right back to their ways mm -hmm. in a couple of months later. I think this is the importance of, I think, as entrepreneurs, if you're starting any business, it's, yes, coaching and community is important, but you have to do the deep work on mindset. And again, if you are in a container where that is not being addressed, where you don't have a chance to really work through your mental blocks, it's going to be very difficult to grow. So I really want to applaud you and Linda for making this kind of training available to practitioners to work on this. And I feel this is where a lot of one-on-one -on -one work needs to happen. I know you have these office hours, but I'm pretty sure that there is one-on-one -on -one coaching and support available to be in a more effective way, helping different people go through it because they may not be comfortable sharing this in the coaching call that they have these blocks and maybe it just takes one or two sessions one-on-one -on -one to help them get through it and then they feel comfortable sharing it. I mean, I'm doing the same thing with Big Boost where we have open office hours and oftentimes it is about mindset or how do you handle rejection? How do you not let that affect your mojo? How do you stay true to your values? So a big part of entrepreneurship is, as you said, mental. Yeah, and we do have some one-on-ones included and then if you exceed that number, then you can as get more as well. But yeah, absolutely. It's a mental block for a lot of people. And when you build, you mentioned earlier about building something that people want to buy. Well, yeah, that's, that is great. We qualify that with, but also build something that you want to deliver, right? Oh, so yeah. you could be like, yeah, I'll come to your house and cook for you and go shopping for you and all that. It'll just cost 25 grand and you probably don't want to do it for them, right? Yeah. So there's a balance between, and we have a Venn diagram visual of what do you want to serve? How do you want to serve them? What do they want to buy? And then yeah. whatever's in the middle yeah. is the icky guy or the happy medium between yeah. those two. Can you describe the unique membership model that you and Linda have developed and how it helps practitioners design and implement systems to support their ideal clients? Seems like a natural follow-up question. Yeah. So yeah, the system is not proprietary. It's pretty easy, but people need the assistance and the community aspect as well. And I've basically emulated this model at Functional Lawyer too. There's a initial consult. We call it foundational assessment. And at that consult, we review, or Linda will review, a basic blood panel with functional markers looked at. And so she'll take a history. She'll be a 90-minute appointment. She'll review their labs. She'll look at their intake forms. And then we use an intake form called Revelia DX. And it shows a graphical representation of all their symptoms over time. It gives like their highest markers or the spy system on where they could get the most quick wins, as we talked about earlier. And at that appointment, like she gives like concrete advice people can take away. It is a valuable appointment. It does come with an extra appointment with a health coach and extra appointment with a mental health therapist as well. Because as Linda will tell you, when you reach a certain level of removing all the barriers in the physical person's body, then some of the trauma or sometimes the emotional things come up that were buried for a long time. So she has also incorporated a mental health therapist into the membership as well. But there's just a meet and greet for this initial consult. So one consult fee, three visits, concrete steps, foundational uh -huh. recommendations, personalized, right? And for a lot of people, that's enough. And that's fine. And so we don't have to worry about selling 
or trying to overcome objections or anything like that. But if they want to move forward, Linda will outline for you, here are the advanced testing I would maybe recommend, or here are the steps we would take should you join the membership. And then some people will sign up right away. Others don't ever sign up, but some people will take a few weeks because it's a lot. It's a big appointment mm -hmm. and they have a follow-up with health coach and therapists to still get to, but it's worked really well. The people really enjoy just the value of that appointment and they can see a clear plan into the membership if they join. I love it that you have these additional two appointments with the health coach and the mental health specialist included because two more opportunities to demonstrate value and desire. People get to meet different people so they can see, wow, this practice really has their ducks in a row. It's very comprehensive. No stone is left unturned. And so you can clearly see, again, for all of you listeners, imagine you're a patient, you go to a regular doctor's office, how this experience is radically different. Yeah, and going back to earlier, like it, when we first started this and when we went from zero to wait list in nine months, we didn't have that. So it can be done if it's just you and you're just starting out. We teach both versions of it. We teach versions of how to set up the call, how to close the call, whether you have staff or not. We're very much like, here's how we've done it. Try to stick as close as you can, but make it your own. Use your own language. Mm -hmm. You may not do the same things we do per se. So it's not a cookie cutter. If you don't do what we say, like we can't help you, but it is definitely a good foundational system for you. Um, is there a certain type of practitioner or credential that's a good fit for this or phrase the other way? Is there certain practitioner credentials where this is probably not the best mentorship for? Yeah, we really want to attract MDs, DOs, autonomous NPs, or NPs that already have an existing collaborator. So really that primary level provider where they can do it on their own. And it also helps us with the legal end of things because that means their scope is the same as Linda's for the most part with most of the NPs, but they can do the same things. That's our core demographic is MDs, DOs, NPs, either autonomous or that have existing relationships. They is there any Linda, geographic restrictions that people in certain jurisdictions is not a good fit? Again, now we're bringing you back as the functional lawyer. Anything else that people should consider? Yeah, US-based is ideal. That's where I'm licensed in the US and that's where all of my telemedicine expertise comes in. US-based practices are, but anywhere in the US. And before you might ask, like if somebody in our membership or incubator lives in Tampa, do we take anybody else from Tampa? I think yes, because there's enough patients to go around both in a particular city, or as you mentioned, now it's statewide, or in a lot of cases, people have extra licenses in other states as well. I mean, if you go to Colorado Springs, you can't turn around without bumping into another functional medicine practice. It's like Starbucks out there, the same in Austin, Texas as well mm -hmm. these days. And so they're all still up and running. So I think the demand is there. It's only going to grow. So there's no restrictions as far as this person has this territory. Yeah. Well, you and I initially talked before the podcast about ChatGPT and how is future changing. And you've mentioned this before in, in our conversation that ultimately storytelling and your unique personality is coming out. I think that is the antidote to standing out in any community such as Austin or Colorado Springs or any of these other functional medicine center heavy 
locations. Can you share how you see that playing out? I know you have a very popular, well, you're starting a podcast, but I know you're doing a lot of video marketing, YouTube marketing, and I really enjoy those. So can you share maybe some practical tips from your vantage point, what you've seen is working for you and Linda in terms of maybe video marketing? What is your preferred way of marketing these days? Yeah, I'll give you my preferred, but not everybody's comfortable on camera. But we're fortunate enough to have mentors a few years back that really helped us craft a core message that you can succinctly explain what you do. Because a lot of people are like, well, functional medicine is then they have kind of word salad. They just toss everything up against the wall. So we take people through like a core messaging lesson, which helps set them up for how do you write copy for your website that is unique to you? And how do you introduce yourself in a way that people want to learn more about you? And so we call that core messaging. And we use it at Incubator and we use it at Functional Lawyer. And it really is about you and your story because people will identify with your story. They want to see themselves in you. Now, they may not have the same symptoms as you, but they will identify with you. And most people in this space have either personally gone through a health struggle or their child did or their mother did, or somebody close to them did. And that's how they found functional medicine. And so people like to hear that. And they like to hear why you started a practice and what what is driving you to do all of this. It's not easy. And you can make more money at a conventional practice, probably, yep. for most people. And so it really is a passion project. And you can still make a lot of money. And we do. But you can still help a lot of people, too, without being too high of a program price or membership price. So... My preferred way to market is I'm not the best typist in the world. Being an attorney, that really hurts. <laughs> that really hurts your efficiency. So what I do is uh, I'll give you the inside look. I write a few bullet points on a legal pad, and then I record the video. And then I take that video with AI. So it's otter.ai is the tool I use. But there's many other free AI tools out there that will transcribe a video for you. Then I... If it was just me, I would go and edit that transcript, but now I pay somebody to go in, do it, set up the blog for me, set up an email for me, and then I'll go edit and make sure it's my voice And because you can't really farm out your voice. And mm -hmm. So I will change more technical-sounding lawyer speak into more conversational words most of the time. I will use contractions. I will leave dangling participles, which I, between you and me, I don't even know what that is. I never learned that part in school, <laughs> but I'll speak in passive voice. Sometimes I'll have run on sentences. That's how we talk. And as you probably have strong opinions on, that's how people like to read things, I think. And it just comes out more naturally. So that's my flow. Although some of our students and Linda initially wasn't very good at video. Some funny stories about that. So she really just hammered the community partner aspect of it. And so there's no real wrong way to do it. I don't think as long as you're doing something consistently or several things consistently. But one thing we are strongly opinionated about is you can't be everywhere, especially on day one. So you can't be on TikTok and LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all of that. It's overwhelming. So we pick one or two channels if you're doing social, but make sure you're driving people back to your website. And then what is it on your website that will cause them to give you their information. Yep. You probably know all the details on that, but that's, I think, consistently, if content creation is your way, just being consistent, however it is that you create it. Well, that's great gold nuggets and provides for a little bit, maybe varied view that there's no one way, just like in health creation. So where can listeners find out more about you, Linda, Origins Incubator and Functional Lawyer? 
Yeah. So originsincubator.com is the incubator website. I am full-time at also at functionallawyer.com and you can get a bunch of lead magnets for sure at both of those sites. Linda has a really good mini course, like a three video. They're like 15 minutes total on her journey and her story and what led her to incubator, which is really good. But yeah, both functionallawyer.com and originsincubator.com are the places to find us. Well, we'll put both links and some more into the show notes. So for everyone going bigboost.marketing slash 036 is the episode number and you'll find everything there. And then as is always custom here in our podcast, we'll let the guests have the final words, the one thing, the one takeaway, the one wish that they have, the takeaway. Personally, I want to thank you. Scott, for everything that you and Linda are doing, it's such an important service to help more patients get the care they need. And we need more private physicians that can step into that clinical entrepreneurship, a decidedly hard journey, but it can be so rewarding if you do it right, if you tee it up. So with that, I'll let you close out the show. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I think you mentioned before we started recording that we need more women-led businesses like this. And even though I'm the guest here on the show, it's led by Linda and Cheryl Burdett. It's a really great community at Incubator to not feel like you're on an island, both clinically and from a practice management standpoint. And then the one takeaway that I wish everybody knew would be you could do telemedicine safely but there's a lot of myths out there. So make sure you consult with somebody. I'm a good resource, but you can always go to an attorney in your state that knows what telemedicine is. And it's not enough to just call yourself a consultant. So I'll leave that. I'll leave you with that one. But if you need more information, you know, we talked about originsincubator.com and functionallawyer.com. Well, thank you so much, Scott. And for everyone else listening, we'll see you next week. I believe mastering persuasion is one of the most essential skills in life and certainly in business because nothing ever happens without a yes. Yet we can only effectively influence other people's decisions when we truly understand how the brain makes those decisions. Once you master the decision-making formula, your message becomes ever more clear and influential. Join us next week for our newest episode of Getting to Yes and if you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening. And feel free to share it with colleagues and friends. I'm your host, Uli Iselo. See you next week.